Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I am so honored and grateful to have my friend and former colleague on the show today, Anne Denner. Anne is a licensed clinical social worker who uses a relational approach in her care. She specializes in trauma and she utilizes EMDR. And we talk about what that is at the end of the episode. So wait till the end, you'll get to hear a little bit more about it and how it helps in trauma. She also specializes in difficult life experiences, family systems, chronic pain, which is why she is going to talk about chronic pain today. And what she practices is informed by the field of neuroscience. So you're going to hear, you're going to hear her talk a little bit about that as well. At this time, Anne is not seeing patients. She's based out of Philly. She is doing and seeing patients virtually. And you can find Anne on her website and integrallife.org. And I'll leave all that in the show notes just so that you have access to her if you have questions for her. All right. So it's a really great episode. I'm so happy to have her here. So let's welcome Anne. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today about chronic pain. Oh, you're more than welcome, Tricia. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. (laughs) So when we're talking about chronic pain, what is it exactly? Like, how would you define chronic pain? And also, how does chronic pain impact somebody's life? I think that's kind of the bigger question here. Yeah, well, I think uh, chronic pain is one of those things that I think has become so kind of part of the lexicon that uh, there there isn't one real agreed upon definition. I mean, if you go to the diagnostic manuals, it is typically something that lasts for more than six months that doesn't respond in a way that is anticipated by some medical person. And that I think more to the point, chronic pain is something that has an, an impact on someone's life. Right. That, and I think that's the thing that oftentimes doesn't really get made important or acknowledged, especially for the person who's having chronic pain is, is the pain itself. But I think more kind of psychologically, you know, relationally, quality of life, those types of things is that chronic pain can really have such a profound impact on someone's life. Right. So like with, I feel like a lot of times and we can kind of go into the whole medical model of pain in general, because I'm sure that's going to kind of play into this, but it seems like it's one of those things where if you have the beginning of pain or you have like just something happens and you have an injury that there's more support at the beginning to kind of help you through that. And then as it becomes something longer that impacts your life, it's kind of like, okay, where are the resources to help you? Mm -hmm. So can you speak a little bit about that and the whole Western medical model mindset that we have in the United States in particular, when it Mm -hmm. comes to the pain model? Right. Good question. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think the, the Western medical model is primarily aggressive and focused on let's let's do some type of a significant intervention and it is focused on symptom relief right and so some people you know if you're in a serious car accident you know there's a pretty clear cause and effect and here's the event and here's the injury and here's the intervention and 
you know, some people are fortunate that they respond well to that and the expected outcome happens and then other people do not. But a lot of chronic pain is not that kind of clear cut and that, you know, there's a, this happened, this is why this is, you're in this pain, here's what we can do. Oftentimes people have a long journey with chronic pain and there are multiple things and there's not, it's not clear what exactly is the problem. And then that often with the Western medicine medical model sets off this, this journey to different specialists and doctors and interventions, right? But in terms of your question, right, it's like, okay, so I did what I was supposed to do, but it didn't really work or, you know, I'm still in pain, right? And then I think that's the limitation of that model. You know, I think this is a good thing that there was a long time where medications that were physically addictive, that were useful for, to some people to reduce pain levels became quite problematic. <laughs> a few lawsuits, maybe you've heard about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so I think that is not kind of the go-to as it was. But yeah, I don't, I agree. I don't know if there's a lot beyond a certain point where that model, that's the limitation of that model. Right. And so oftentimes people are just kind of sent on their way or, you know, you have to live with this. Right. And so, yeah, to your question, what do, what do I do? What, you know, I don't want to be in this pain. Right. I'm currently getting some, have been, uh, currently it's been probably for about a year and a half, acupuncture that has been incredibly helpful with a significant chronic pain thing that I've been dealing with. People who are, that specialize in treating chronic pain in psychological way or in a, you know, therapy setting can be extremely helpful to people with chronic pain. I was just going to say, I'm guessing for you, with your expertise in nutrition, right, so often people will find changing their diet, not drinking alcohol, you know, there are certainly things that you can do, you know, I don't want to get into a whole, you know, laundry list of stuff, but there's all sorts of ways that people can empower themselves, right? I think if somebody's in chronic pain and they feel like they're trapped, that there's no way out, that's going to neurologically, interpsychically, they're going to have higher pain levels if that's how they feel. That's what I was going to ask you. So essentially you're saying like, okay, I think you and I both, it's, this is a topic that we both talk about because we both suffer with chronic pain, right? We're not the only ones. There's probably lots of people out there. And like you're saying at the beginning, it's kind of like symptom management by either medications, as you spoke to, or doing physical therapy. I feel like they're kind of the two that you get when you go to your doctors, but then, you know, maybe you'll even need a surgical intervention. But then after that, it's kind of like, oh gosh, what do I do? Like, what else can I do? Because it kind of seems that it's done. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, in terms of empowering people, I think that's a really important point, but I think it's a really hard place to get to because it almost feels like well, now what? Now I have to figure everything out and like kind of really talking about that. And if you're somebody who already deals with, I know that you you talk about this link and maybe you can speak a little bit more to it about the link with anxiety and in pain. And so I'm sure all of that kind of comes to play and makes everything feel so much worse because 
now it's your responsibility. And now you probably have all these, at least I did, I can only speak to myself, all these other things that are going along that are just making the pain feel so much worse and mm-hmm. so much more so like that it's never going to be fixed, that this is mm-hmm. it. This is your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the message that, that people often, I think, receive, and I think physicians try, and I think, you know, their training has gotten a lot better in terms of, you know, interpersonally and how they relate to patients. But I do think that at a certain point, there is this, well, you, you should be okay now. Right. Right, Because everything looks great on your x-ray or everything looks good on your MRI, but you're like, right, but there's still something. Right. And it's like knowing your body to know that. And so mm-hmm. then what do you do? Right. Right. Like, how do you take that ownership mm-hmm. and get to a place that you're able to do acupuncture or whatever mm-hmm. it is that would work right. for you? Right. Yeah. And if you think about it, there's a larger experience happening. Right. You know, whatever the specific thing that's going on with someone's body that's causing them pain, it's happening in a larger context of their life and what's going on in their life at that time, what they're experiencing emotionally at that time, and often what the experience is of getting help, right? And so, you know, if somebody's at a point where, okay, I'm supposed to be okay, I'm supposed to be better, but I'm not, and, you know, my physician doesn't have a lot more for me, right? Is, is this somehow my fault? Right. Right. Or is this, is this now I'm getting scared because, you know, we're all kind of socialized in this Western model. And so there is this message we get, even though if you think about it, there's all sorts of maladies and diseases that can't be cured, but people really have this and they're fed this message. This, this is going to go completely away. I'll be back to my baseline when in fact you may not be, or it might be some kind of way that's different, but the expectation right. is yeah. before my injury, I'm going to get back there. Right. right? So how, right. so there's a, I, to your point, like that's right. a big mindset shift, right? Yes. Well, and it's also, I think you could get back there. It may take a couple of years. You know, if you're, if you really kind of approach this holistically and kind of there's a certain paradoxical quality to it. I don't see, it's not saying someone has to embrace their pain, but in a sense that if I'm really anxious and I get a pain flare and then I'm just, you know, like this, you know, there's lots of research and, you know, studies with people where everybody's sitting there and people have similar diagnoses. And, but if somebody's calm, their pain's a three. And if somebody's really anxious, their pain's an eight. Really? <laughs> yeah. And that's just our, you know, central nervous systems, right? Because we're mind, body, spirit, right? It's, we're a whole, right? Sometimes the most traumatic part of an injury is not the injury, but how you're treated. Mm, Yeah. And chronic pain and emotional trauma go together. Yeah. How does that work? Because you're exactly right. Like, so if you're always, when I was working in the hospital, it was kind of the same thing. Like you would see this, that like everything was so traumatic 
because now all of a sudden their whole life has changed and they're not as physically able to do things, Mm -hmm. but that's just one part of it. And then it's like, how, like, how are they linked? And then do you have to deal with them together? So do you have to do some kind of therapy or see somebody to help that? Cause I feel like then people are so resistant against doing therapy. So what would be the solution? That's a good question. Yeah. Well, I think ideally the thing that would work better would be kind of concurrent therapies. And so if somebody, and we're kind of, you know, we're just talking about these kind of significant event injuries, right? I think a lot of chronic pain is more kind of chronic and it's over a longer period of time. And I think sadly, this is my belief that in some cases, I think it is exacerbated by additional medical interventions. You know, mm-hmm. the, the intervention is traumatic to the body and, gotcha. and it doesn't really help. And so there's this, you know, again, this kind of cycle of like, I was, this was supposed to help me and it didn't, and now I'm more anxious and I guess it's my fault and, and that stuff. But ideally, yeah, if somebody had a, an event, bad car accident and had some kind of, you know, significant injuries and they're just trying to wrap their head around what's happened to them, right? And we know that the model we have in just the last couple of years with the pandemic, that the medical model is so strained and that everyone's doing their very best. But, you know, people have just been, everybody's fried, basically, just to kind of cut to the chase, right? Yeah. You know, somebody can do a good job and explain to someone, here's this, what, uh, doctor, here's what's happened to you. Here's what we're going to do. Here's, you know, this, da, 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 right? If concurrently they had an opportunity in the next, you know, few days or a week just to kind of talk with someone, right, about just getting a kind of a, a more basic understanding, talking about how they feel, you know, what this means, just trying to kind of process it, take it in, right? Because yeah. I, I think that doesn't happen. And then that becomes in and of itself traumatic, right? Yeah, agreed. Because I mean, it can be something as simple as, you fell, right? And then it's it's not like this huge injury at the time. Like it's not this huge event when you look at it from the outside, but to that yeah. person, it really yeah. is because mm-hmm. now their whole life mm-hmm. is somehow uprooted or different. And then it's like, oh my gosh. So you have that event, you have like the whole cycle of like the hope of thinking that it's going to get better or whatever your, the medical intervention is. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't get there, so then that whole cycle just continues of Mm -hmm. like this seemingly small event that maybe other people don't even understand Mm -hmm. the impact that it's having on your life. That's, that's huge. Yeah. Well, that's the word. I think you really said it better than I did is that, you know, you need to get out of that cycle. Yeah. So how do you do it? How do you do it? (laughs) Miss expert. (laughs) How do you do that, Ms. <clears throat> Ann Denner? Please enlighten me, because I would like to know that, please. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that, you know, I talk to people who generally are referred or either through a physician or, you know, some, somebody else because of, of this chronic pain designation, right? And they're all- often- How does it have to be, before we start and go into yeah. how you do it, like, what is- like what is considered, so you're saying like after six months. So if after six months, your doctor kind of can't get you anything, then that's considered when someone would be like, hey, go see Anne. Is that kind of how it goes? I think it's much more elongated than that. Gotcha. You know, that, yeah, that's just kind of the generic definition is six months. But yeah, 
Well, you know, I think as to speak to what I was saying earlier, unfortunately, what tends to happen, it's gotten a little better, but physicians will kind of kind of throw their hands up and say, well, you know, there's nothing more I can do for you. In the old days, people, they may think it, but they don't say it. You know, it's all in your head, right? And We're doing and, air quotes right here in case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of a setup then, right? To, to, you know, because. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> then it's like you're crazy and then it's like, Oh shit! What do I do now? I'm crazy and I can't walk or whatever. It is. Right, What's wrong with right. you? Yeah, and then that's kind of a setup for me as well, right? Because oh, it's like, hi, <laughs> hi, I'm Ian. I heard that you're crazy. <laughs> I hear it's all in your head. It's your fault, right? Right. So the- and, right, and and I'm already in pain, and now this person's gonna, you know, talk to me about it, right? But I think that oftentimes I'm amazed how few people have really had someone who's been able to be very present with and supportive and just listen to their experience. That's really important. Yeah. And listen so that's to, where you come in is that's just where trying, I start. That's where you yeah. start. That's where and, I start. And then what happens as that process, then you're like validating the feelings and kind of hearing the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, and you would do that in any, you know, kind of therapeutic, you know, uh, clinical sense, right. You're being supportive, listening, validating, and in that process, I can often, you know, hear or pick up on things that seem like they're important, right? I'm always interested in people's relationship to their pain, right? which is often kind of a foreign, you know, people are a little kind of surprised at that question. Can they, do they have a visual picture of their pain? It's often interesting to how much people have going on in their lives versus how much pain they have. Meaning that if they have a lot more going on, that sometimes it manifests as having more pain at that time. Or less. Or less. Interesting. See, I'm trying to break this down because I feel like what happens a lot of times is, is that when it comes to like the word like therapist, it gets very scary. So I'm trying to kind of talk about it in a way that's helpful, but like Mm -hmm. is so approachable and is in a way that it's not at all what people think it probably is, right? Yeah. So, and it sounds like, so can you speak a little bit about that? And then also to like the pain of that, you know, about like the experience of the pain and then also the, the story that kind of goes with that. Mm, okay. So, yeah, as I was saying, I, I, I like to begin to, you know, just you know, understand their experience and then to demystify, right? Cause a lot of people feel, <laughs> a lot of people feel you know, kind of helpless or victimized, right? They, they feel like, you know, there's nothing I can do. I have no power here, right? I just am this, just kind of experiencing this pain. I just have to kind of take it and bear it. So there are, you know, lots of tools, strategies, techniques that people can learn to manage to reduce their experience of pain. Pain's in the brain and it's real. Only, you know, the only person that gets to decide what my pain level is, is me. Nobody else gets to say, oh, it doesn't hurt that much. Jeez, right? But my my capacity to lower my own experience of that is more significant than most people have any idea, right? I often ask people to keep just a, a daily, this is a basic, basic thing. Most people have done it already. A, a, just score their pain that day, zero to 10, just generally. If people are willing to do that, I often ask them to, to have a little second column in terms of 
their emotional state that day. Um, so the, are they, that, so then talk about, so then are they, does that correlate with their emotional state and their pain? Well, I think it is often eye-opening for people. First of all, it's useful because, you know, people who have a chronic pain physician that they see every three months, typically when that doctor says, how, how are you doing? How's your pain? Their answer is going to be based on the last 48 hours, right? Versus if people will put in the effort, and it's not a whole lot of effort, it's just in your phone, just putting a number in your phone every day, right? Over a three-month period, they're often quite surprised, right? Because our brains are hardwired to really pay more attention to the bad than the good for our own safety or survival, right? And so if people start to track their pain and they notice, oh, gee, I guess it's not as bad as it feels like it is to me in terms of just objective data, but the thing is that sometimes people can even start to recognize if they're willing to do the feelings part, huh, there's a big connection between my pain level and my emotional state, right? And so so what do, is that connection? So if I do things like breathing and techniques to relax, right? If I'm doing, you know, there's some techniques that involve, involve bilateral stimulation and slow tapping. There are things that I can do to relax and calm myself. Right. Oftentimes, when people have pain, their emotional response is to get anxious, right? Because they've, oh no, shit. I, you know, oh, I please, I love it. I, <laughs> I, I, I curse words, please. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to feel bad. I've got this thing to do. I'm going out with a friend, you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? And people start to realize that you don't have to go with that. You can reframe that you can have a different experience for yourself right that there are that you have more agency than you realize right because right, i was going to say i feel like there's this like anticipatory pain right like oh my god it's starting it's gonna but then it just worsens it and so then you're saying that you a can feel empowered to be calm or when we'll talk about some of the techniques and that can actually make it better and so that you don't have that anticipation of pain. So it could then make the pain less. Yeah, well, anticipatory pain is the worst, the anticipatory anxiety, that type of thing, right? And so it's so much of it is what we're telling ourselves, right? And so as someone gets a, a spike or some kind of a flare, what they do with that information or that experience will determine if it becomes an eight or if it stays at a three. Horrible. That, yeah. that makes such a yeah. difference. Yeah. No. Besides well, it's you, a lot man. of work. It's a lot of work, right? And it is some, it really is involves kind of rewiring in your brain, right? Because, you know, we do have these neural networks that get developed. And so, you know, if somebody's been in chronic pain for, for a number of years, that's a lot harder. Right? Undo and, that pathway. Well, yeah. And to kind of plug into a new one to, you know, if you keep plugging into a better one, that that one will kind of lessen it in its strength to undo it, to, to lessen it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Our how brain. do you do that? That's that's the thing. It's like, so that brain, what are some things that help the brain that that lessen that or that create new pathways? Would you create new pathways or just lessen it? Well, both, I guess. Right. I mean, I think this is the thing about chronic pain that is the challenge. It, it is hard work, right? It does mean kind of breaking it down. And, you know, if you can do it once a day, you know, if somebody 
has ongoing, you know, it also depends on the nature of someone's chronic pain, right? So we're not getting into any specifics about, you know, tell me your story, tell me what happened to you, tell me how much pain impacts you, how often you have chronic pain. I mean, some people are in, you know, they're in chronic pain every day, right? But it does mean if someone has chronic pain each day, it does mean starting, and we, we would do this even in the session, starting to experience that differently, to have a different relationship with it. If you think about a relationship in your life that you don't have the option of not having in your life, right? Chronic pain, right? And how, and if you think of it as a person, right, that this person that you have to manage, that you have to deal with, right? And how you approach that and how you have that relationship will determine your experience of that relationship, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it also leads to the acceptance of it, right? Because how do you get, right, then, right. So that's your whole thing. Like, how do you get to that point that Mm -hmm. you're feeling like that you can accept it? Because I feel like so much of it, there's still that hope, 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 hope. So how do you get to a point that you are able to then accept it? And does accepting it make it better? Well, that's, that's a really, that's kind of the essence of chronic pain, right? And people have to have their process, right? And I don't think hope's a bad thing, for sure. And as I said, you know, I had an injury to my foot and at the, where your foot and your leg connect at the ankle and just basically had this nerve get crushed, which is for your whole foot, right? And I didn't want to, but felt to me like injured further by having surgery on it and you know doing all this nerve stuff. And, but I had hope. Of course. <laughs> what else can you have? It'll be and, great. And, like, yeah. and I, I hung in there and a couple of years later, it's kind of healed up quite a bit. It doesn't really bother me. It was, it was, it was pretty awful for, for a long time. But I think that people, it's a paradoxical thing almost. It's more Eastern medicine than it is Western medicine that by uh, I can have my fist clenched, but by accepting that often helps tremendously to lift the pain and allow healing to happen, right? But you can't start there, right? You have to be willing to kind of be on that journey with somebody. And somebody, you know, uh, I think it it's a hard thing to change that relationship, right? Especially, you know, if it's been ongoing for a long time, right? But that is what needs to happen if it is truly chronic pain. I think I like that you talk about that it's a process and that it's a journey because I think it's almost like and actually visualizing it as a person because it it opens it up to something bigger. And I think it's like that there's power in that. And that you're going to go through these phases where at the beginning, you're going to be like in this acute period. And then the end point is, it sounds like the end point is acceptance, right? And so is that the, is it the end point? And then like, what are some of the treatments that you can do in the interim to kind of get you on that continuum to acceptance if that is in fact the end point? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there is a, a quote unquote end point, right? You know, very like, I like a beginning and an end and just tell me what to do. All right. Broken from the social worker, the licensed practitioner. 
I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think people have a different, everybody gets to have their own journey. And, and the nature and the circumstances that people experience chronic pain is just very different and, and quite varied. But I, I would say this, that people are often, when they meet me, they're kind of in a panic or they're pretty, they're pretty anxious because the things that we're supposed to work haven't worked and they are feeling often a little abandoned and typically their families are a little burnt out on the whole thing and tired of hearing yeah. about it right and their lives have been impacted too and depending on the how severe the the situation is that this person is now not functioning in the same way they were and so that affects other people as well and so you know and just in terms of steps one through four kind of thing i think initially <laughs> people are pretty distraught and pretty anxious and typically want to just be heard and need to tell their story which is often really useful for me right i'll try and listen carefully and and as i was saying before about laying in the ditch you know oftentimes if it's an event there is something in that event that they haven't dealt with there is something in that injury that not that wasn't physical but that really impacted them right this is the AMA. 25% of all patients that have some kind of significant, they call it an intervention, I think we're talking mostly surgeries, experience medical trauma as a result of that experience. That's yeah. It's a lot. I, I would never know that. I would never yeah. think that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so minimized, right? And then you're right, like your friends are burnt out, your family's burnt out, and then you're just left with this experience right. and nowhere yeah. to go or to talk right. about it. Or yeah. even to feel like it's worthy of something to be talked about because you've already talked to you to other people about it. <laughs> right. So you're like, oh my friend, they've talked to them a million times. But yeah. it's different because you're not going to get the validation of your feelings as a professional is going to give you. And especially someone like you who specializes in chronic pain and actually has their own experience with chronic pain. It's mm -hmm. completely different. Mm -hmm. Just talking to your friend about it. It's it's mm -hmm. just a different kind of validation and it's just mm -hmm. a different kind of you don't know unless you're in that same experience or have have, ex have experienced it, in yes. my opinion. So I think that comes no, to you're play. You're absolutely right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I'm, I'm not now, to answer your, you mentioned this earlier, I used to do chronic pain support groups um, in the old, in person in the old days, right? And I think that that is a invaluable experience, a, a kind of life-changing experience for many people in chronic pain. And, and universally, people say, you know, it's the first time that I really felt understood, that they understand me, I understand them. You know, there is this connection that is also, uh, back to, to the process, you can really see where people are in that process in a chronic pain support group. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because you have people at different on places. different journals and different yeah. places. Yeah. Yep. So you like, oh God, I could get there. Oh shit, right. was I there? So yeah. right. Like it's a, right. it, there is some yeah. interesting, yeah. Yeah. And this and in terms of these stages, you know, to acceptance, right? And so kind of saying to someone, there are some things you can do to feel better. There are some strategies, there are some techniques, there are some ways that you yourself can impact your pain level. You can, you have the ability to lower your experience of the pain. And what is that? What do you do to do, to do that? They're basic things, you know, there is, well, it's, it's breathing, right? It's getting, you know, it's, there's a parasympathetic, you know, a sympathetic nervous system, you know, there are, there's visualizations, you know, there are 
things that I do in session that and, and teach people and I, I wouldn't try and explain right now that I, you know, that then you can do on your own. You know, there are things, um, there are apps, there's an app called HeartMath, which is basically just biofeedback. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's just a little clip on your earlobe now. You don't have to be in a big room with a machine, right? Where you can uh, get real-time biofeedback in terms of, you know, how activated is your body right now? It has to do with amount of oxygen you're taking in. It has gotcha. to do with, with breathing, right? It has to do with the message you're sending your body to the, uh, to the um, section of your brain called the amygdala, right? The amygdala is very primitive. It's, it's survival, right? It's fight or flight. And if I'm just constantly sending my amygdala this fear response, because every time I get any pain, I get really anxious, right? Then, you know, I'm in this heightened state. And so my pain level is going to be much higher, right? And it's not like I, I don't know what this is. It's like, I, this is chronic pain. I have it a lot, right? If I can change that cycle, right? It's hard to change, right? If, and this is the thing about chronic pain is it's a lot of work to change this. Again, I was, as I was saying, if somebody has had this experience for a year versus 10 years, right? But the brain is very flexible. The brain is very changeable, right? And so if people are willing to do that, they can start to see as they chart. Well, I feel I didn't have a bad day. My pain was pretty manageable today. I mean, how do I feel about? It? I feel good about that. You know, I feel re I'm feeling more relaxed. I'm going to do proactively more breathing. More. I'm not big on the. You know, people that have time to meditate, that's great. But I don't necessarily focus on just biologically bringing your body down. Visualizations help a lot. Right. Trying to get enough sleep if you can. <laughs> well, that's a big one. I just did an episode on sleep and they were talking mm -hmm. about, it was fascinating about people who get less than seven hours of sleep have more like pain stimulation. So they, if they are asking them like, how's your pain? If you're sleeping less, your pain is much more. So that's, mm -hmm. that's an interesting point. So sleep yeah. would also be a technique that you would use. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's, um, uh... You know, I, again, this is the medical model, right? If it's, it, all these things are just taking Oxycontin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and we're Americans. And so, you know, we're busy. And so we who, want has the time? Give it to me. Yeah. who has time for all this stuff, right? But wait, there sounds like there's other things too, because you mentioned that you did acupuncture. So that's great. I think Eastern medicine, which has been around a heck of a lot longer than Western medicine, has all sorts of ways to help people, uh, not just with chronic pain, with all sorts of medical issues. But yeah, I have found, especially for pain, and I, the person I see is someone who practices in Chinatown, who was uh, trained in China, who I think has a level of expertise that I'm looking for. And, but I have had tremendous help with pain with acupuncture. I mean, I know that what if you can't tolerate acupuncture? I think I've had pretty good success with a chiropractor. I also, it has to be very specialized, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I also a big, uh, the right chiropractor, not the mm -hmm. wrong one. Not the, yeah. Not, <laughs> not the wrong one. That could yeah. be more chronic pain. Yeah. That, that <laughs> sure. could really yeah. not be good. That definitely a chiropractor 
can can be very helpful. I think diet is huge. There was for a while, I, I guess it's not so much. Uh, there was Obamacare early on where you could uh, have four visits a year. But I do think that if somebody can, we're not talking about, as you know, you know, just like the four food groups and calorie counting and stuff. But then, No, it's like the whole AIP diet. And yeah, it is, it can be helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Anti-inflammatory for sure. I think I would encourage people to pursue because of the virtual world that I think will continue to exist online in terms of Zoom kinds of things that to pursue some type of a support group, to pursue some kind, you know, it's, now it can be, you can be talking to people in any, any part of the world, right? Where would they find that, Ian? I know we're wrapping up and I know, you know, where, where would they go to see if there's, cause I'm guessing that there's lots of different clinicians, but so few probably practice or are as familiar with chronic pain as you are. Mm-hmm. So where would they find information about that if they were interested in doing support groups? That's a good question. And I, I don't have other than, you know, getting online and really kind of just doing some of your own research. I think they're out there. I think you have to be willing to kind of put in some time because clinicians are scrambling, right? Yeah. But I think if you can find an opportunity like that, and there are some things in person, you know, I mean, not everything's online, but in my experience, just generally, because I don't just practice in chronic pain, I'm impressed with how many of my patients have found resources online to groups and opportunities. You know, I have a gentleman, he's over 80. He has, he's in an over 80 men's group. That's great. Look, it's the self-empowerment. It all comes down to the empowerment. And and I, you know, I didn't know about, I mean, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't find it for him, you know, (laughs) he found it, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I thought that's really cool. (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, to your point, and thank you for spending so much time with us today, but I think to your point, it is like maybe even that empowerment and trying to find that. So like, You've been wonderful in talking about the process and the validation and just kind of moving along the process. And then also like taking that knowledge that you have that you gain from talking to you and different things. And then also trying to get to a place that you are empowered to take action because there's nothing wrong with you and that it is within your control. I think that's a really helpful way to deal with it too. So to your point, I think that's really powerful. So, Anne, before we end the episode, let's also talk about EMDR in terms of working with chronic pain. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yes, definitely. So EMDR is fairly mainstream at this point. It's kind of something that many people are interested in. I am often contacted by people with chronic pain or without chronic pain who are interested in EMDR, right? And EMDR is a kind of not an easy acronym if you actually say the words of it, right? Because it's eye movement desensitization reprogramming, which is why it's called EMDR. (laughs) (laughs) But EMDR is extremely well-researched. It kind of coincided with a lot of technological advances that MRI, et cetera, et cetera, that have allowed people us to understand a lot more how the brain works specifically, right? How our brains work, which is really important if you're doing psychotherapy, right? That you're not just doing talk therapy, but that you're understanding in a more sophisticated way how people's brains are functioning, different parts of the brain and where we want to work, what part of the brain we want to work in, right? And so for humans, if something is traumatic by definition, it is something that's too much, 
it's overwhelming. It's more than someone can manage in the situation, right? And you can think of extreme trauma, you know, PTSD was first kind of came about in, as a result of veterans experiencing war, right? But trauma is something that all humans experience at points in their life, right? And so if somebody experiences something that is traumatic in a way that doesn't allow them to be fully present for them, it is kind of, for it, it is in some ways kind of a self-preservation, you know, it's the mind kind of helping us survive, right? We just kind of check out for a bit. Yeah. Right. How do you do EMDMR? Can you do it in your office? And what does it well, do? So, so you just check out for a bit, right? And so that then be uh, trauma by definition is something that stays with us, right? It's kind of stuck there, right? Because it was too much. We couldn't just process it through in the moment, right? And so this really often relates to chronic pain, right? Because as I was saying earlier, in talking with someone about an injury they sustain, there is often some part of that experience that was traumatic for them. And so there's a connection between having psychologically being traumatized by that. And if there is concurrently a, a significant physical injury, those two things often go together, right? And so oftentimes using a technique that is part of EMDR that is called bilateral stimulation, right? Because there's two hemispheres of our brain, right? And so we're using a technique eye movement, you can do it with anything that activates both sides of your body. So if you're holding, you know, tappers in your hands that go back and forth, right? You can do it with sound. It can be like Pong. I'm dating myself. If you remember Pong, the sound of Pong, right? Right. But using bilateral stimulation with chronic pain can be very helpful to help somebody who's gotten stuck in the trauma of that right? Get unstuck, which often then helps to relieve physical pain. I don't know. How that's, that's amazing. And right. so then you would have somebody hold these things in your hand and you, it sounds like you've also been able to do it virtually as well and have, have yes. had success with that as well. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So that's yeah. a really, that's another technique that is employed that could, that can really help as well. Yeah. And you can use it in, and, you know, not just to, to process the, the original trauma, but like, so if you and I are talking and, you know, we're talking about something and your pain levels are going up as we're talking, we can in real time just use bilateral stimulation and I can say, oh, Tricia, what's your pain right now? And you say, oh, it's a seven. Okay. Let's do this for a little bit. And we do that for a little bit. Oh my gosh, my pain's a two. That's that's amazing, right? Well, yeah. but that but it isn't right because every you know that seems like magic and you know some kind it of does. Like trick Sounds or something, so wonderful, you know? yeah. right? And it's but that's the thing, right? Is that you through you know the the bilateral stimulation through breathing, you brought it down. Nothing changed. You're still sitting there. <laughs> you know, it's been like five minutes. There's no other factor really that would bring it from a seven to a two other than you're having this different experience in your, in your body. But I think it's the, like, you can see what you're doing to improve it. And there's probably a value in that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's very eye-opening, right? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's like, it's, it's taking that experience in that I have power. I have agency here. It's, I am connected interpsychically to my, my whole body, me and my brain and my emotions are all together. 
me. Yeah. And yeah, it's a seven, but I can do these things or, you know, you can help me learn these things and I can impact this and have a different relationship, different experience, right? You think about somebody in your life and you think about changing up how you deal with them and you think about how unavoidably they have to adjust in some way. You know, it's like a dance, you know, the, the dance changes. Yeah, but that you have power with the dance. That's the really cool part. And I think that's the whole part of the whole pain part that's missing, that there is some, that there is some power that we hold within us to be able to do that. And that technique sounds like it's able to give some validation to that, that it can be different and that there is some control, which is really awesome. Yeah. Well, Anne, thank you so much for sharing your morning with us today. And we really appreciate it. And guys, I will leave some information in the show notes about Anne. Thanks so much, Anne. You're more than welcome. Isn't Anne amazing? Just as a recap, the things that we talked about today with Anne is defining chronic pain, how chronic pain impacts someone's life. We talked a lot about this Western medical model mindset. We talked about a little bit about like this story that people tell themselves when we're talking about pain. We talked about acceptance, which was a big thing with chronic pain. And then at the end, we talked about some pain management techniques and coping strategies to help assist with that. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. If you want more information about Anne, you can head on over to her website. It is anintegrallife.org. So A-N-I-N-T-E-G-R-A-L life.org. And again, I'll leave this in my show notes. Thanks so much for listening this week, ladies, and I'll see you guys back here next week. Be kind to yourself.